Today is the final mock draft Monday of the season, and we are unveiling part one of our seven-round Chargers mock draft. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. We appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But the draft is on Thursday, David, and today on the final mock draft Monday of the offseason, we are getting into and starting our first seven-round mock of the season, getting into who we think the Chargers will take at 17 in the first five rounds on today's show before going into round six and seven on tomorrow's show because they have six picks between round six and seven. But the most important pick is what the Chargers will do at 17. And for today's show, we use the mock draft simulator from the Draft Network, and we just had to go one time through to see what we got and a surprising player landed to us on 17. But even if that's unrealistic, we have some backup plans the Chargers could go for as well, including getting into the Chargers picks at 79, 123, and 160. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And David, the bets are all over the place on what the Chargers will do with the 17th overall pick. But since you never know who's going to be there, we decided to use the mock draft simulator from the draft network. And had you had to get it all in one draft. So, I mean, some picks could be unrealistic, right? But you had to get it all in one go because that's the only way we could get one full representative sample of just at least using one side's thing and who is going to be there at certain spots. And it starts with 17 and there's a lot of different people who think a lot of different things could happen before the charge at 17 and quarterback will have a lot to do with it. Who goes there and what the other teams, including the saints who traded up in front of the chargers are going to do with that pick. But when we were going through on the mock draft simulator through the draft network, there was one guy that David, at least to start, we couldn't pick it up. You know, we had to start with this one dude because it was just too good of an option to pass up. Well, yeah, I mean, he comes up once and you're like, okay, fine, I can understand that. But then it's two, three, four, five, six different times and he's available every single time. It's like you're tempting me. I mean, I'm going to have to take him. I have to. And, of course, I'm talking about my dream pick here, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle. I mean, how could you not? How could you not take him to pair him with Rashawn Slater and have two bookend tackles for the next decade? Charles Cross a high IQ player, very, very intelligent, a ready now pass protector. He does a great job of staying square to his defenders. He has strong hands, good for the hand fighting. He can handle the speed rush. He needs to be a little bit more accurate picking off defenders at the second level, but I am nitpicking for sure because yeah. Charles Cross is one of the most NFL-ready offensive tackles in this draft, and the Chargers get him at 17. It's a dream. Yeah, he's a good athlete. He's long. He's probably the most polished pass protector, right, going into this draft, I think. And even with the other two guys, Neil and Aquonu going before him, he's definitely the guy that's most ready to take on what the NFL has as far as pass rushers go. And I think there's just also a big drop between him and Trevor Penning, which is what has been the interesting conversation through this whole draft process because 
Penning is the guy people realistically expect to be there at 17, potentially. Maybe he won't even be there. But I know we know, guys. Like, we know this is, you know, an unrealistic pick at 17. Yes. And we have other options as well. But, I mean, when you have a guy like that, he's only 21 years old, has that lateral movement, sticky hands, best pass protector in the draft, but also comes in, you know, seven holding calls in 2021. That's obviously not a great thing. No starts at right tackle. More of a positional run blocker than a road grader. But he's easily the pick there at 17. Probably number one out of anyone, really. That's, you know, could get there for the Chargers. I'd say, David, 1B, is it Jamison Williams, right? Like, I think if you're talking about if you're staying at 17, I would make the pick Charles Cross, too, and that's how it felt to me on my board. That's the way I went with it. But we also know, David, that there has to be some backup plans as well. And I think Jamison Williams is another guy who could potentially not be there, but I think if either of those two guys are there at 17, you stay there and you take them. Yeah, definitely. Jamison Williams is already a guy that I think we've already put our stamp on as a guy that, I mean, he's just so electric in the open field. He has that just sudden speed. I mean, the ability to just accelerate and go. Uh, I mean, I was watching tape on uh, one of my offensive linemen that I'm going to take later on in this draft, and you can't help but see Jamison Williams just pop and explode off the film. He just he, he takes a little swing pass. And he goes from zero to a hundred and he's gone. And it's a you know 50, 60 yard touchdown. And that's all over the place. That's every single game that, that that guy plays. He is that electric. You put the ball in his hands and just watch him work. He, he is, you know, one of the pure athletic monsters in this draft. Yes. Obviously we know that he is recovering from the ACL injury, but I mean, if you pay attention to those workout videos that they're putting out, um, it seems like he is well ahead of schedule and, I mean, hey, he could be ready for the start of the season, but even if he's not, you have to remember that, of course, you want year one production and you want a a guy that's going to come in and produce right away, but you got these guys for four and five years with that fifth-year option in the first round. So this is not something you can just sit here and focus on this year. You have to project what he's going to be able to do in your offense for several years to come, and this is a guy, when healthy, could really unlock – one of the most explosive and nasty offenses in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. The Chargers will be adding to a position of strength. And I think if Charles Cross isn't there, he's my next guy. I think this is my order for pick 17 for the Chargers. It would be number one, Charles Cross, number two, Jamison Williams. I think number at that point, I'm probably trying to trade back after those yeah. two guys. That's just my opinion on it. If I have to stay there and pick someone, though, I think the next place I'm going is Zion Johnson because I just know the dude is going to be good. Yeah. And I'll take my money and run with it at that point and just, you know, have at least four good offensive linemen in front of Justin Herbert. And I love Zion Johnson there. And then four would probably be Chris Olave for me. And then five would probably be Jordan Davis. I think if I had to stay at 17 and pick guys who could potentially be there, I think one of those five guys is going to be there for sure, David. So that's kind of how I rank it. I'm not against Jordan Davis or anything like that, but that's where my preferences would be. I would go cross then Jameson Williams, then Zion Johnson, Chris Olave, who I just have a draft crush on, and then Jordan Davis, just for the pure freak show part of it all. Yeah, I mean, I think I like that list for the most part, Daniel, but there's only one name that I would sub in there, and I think it's Trent McDuffie uh, from Washington. I just, I mean, that guy's got the speed that you're looking for, the coverage skills, the ball skills. Uh, I mean, I think if he's there, I mean, he's one of my last options there, but I would still, you know, heavily consider taking him 
Um, I love Zion Johnson. I, I'm honestly, I'm at the point now to where if they don't trade back and they get him at 17, I'm, I'm completely fine with it just because I've seen what I've seen on tape and, and I'm very, very comfortable that he's going to come in and be a 10 year vet, a guy that's going to come in and be a great offensive offensive lineman right away. It's not a sexy pick. I mean, the offensive linemen, they do the, the dirty work and, and who you ask, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, Hey, you know, you got a quarterback that, that stays upright and gets to make the sexy throws. I mean, that doesn't happen without the, the big uglies up front, you know, providing time for them to be able to do that. But, yeah, I, I love all of those guys. I mean, hey, if worst case scenario, none of those guys are there. I mean, man, that, that would be an absolute disaster. I'm definitely looking to trade back in that situation. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it depends how many quarterbacks and stuff go to. I think one of those five guys will be there. There is a yeah. chance that they're not. But that just means somebody else really, really good that we're not expecting to be there is going to have to be there. If yes. all of those guys were to somehow get picked, but like, I just love drafting offensive linemen, especially if you know, one is going to be good or you're pretty sure to, sure about it. In the case yeah. of, you know, Charles cross, I might even double down on offensive line in the third round. I pick 79 and just try to build an entirely good offensive line in front of Justin Herbert. So coming up next, we're going to be getting into pick 79 for the chargers, because that is, you know, the last pick they have in the top 100. It's going to be a super important pick for them. And me and David are going, in opposite directions for this one. But I need to tell you guys about something I've been taking every day, and it is AG1 from Athletic Greens. And I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. I actually heard about it on a different podcast I was listening to, some way to supplement my body and get all the nutritional things I need without having to take 100 different pills. And with AG1, one delicious scoop, you can get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery and focus and that's really what stuck out to me was just the focus i definitely have an easier time focusing since i started taking ag1 from athletic greens and it's just nice to not have to chase a bunch of different pills around the other thing was is even with that focus and i'd say a little bit more energy because i actually quit drinking energy drinks i was also able to sleep a lot better with AG1 too. But right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you guys have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, David. Well, now we're going to be getting into the Chargers' 79th pick or the pick at, at 79th overall, their third-round pick. And since the Chargers traded for Khalil Mack, that is a spot where it's going to be a very important pick for them because they have a long time where they're not going to be able to pick, and it's even harder to figure out what's going to be available to them with the 79th overall pick. But we had to go one time all the way through and just see what happened. And I was just trying to get the best value. I know that some of these picks are maybe not going to be there at these spots, but every, every spot I looked and I said, okay, who do I feel like is the best value at this pick with the other guys who are already gone? And for me, there was a big run on corners before this, right? The big run on receivers had already kind of happened. And now I feel like the value there is later on in the draft at this point, unless a certain guy falls to you, with the 79th overall pick, I mean, I think you wait. So when you got to that 79th pick, David, now already having Charles Cross in the back, where did you decide to go? 
Yeah, now that I already have, you know, the most important position on my board uh, emphatically yeah. filled, I am looking at, uh, you know, what is the best value at, at that position? You were talking about a run on wide receivers. Well, I got lucky, Daniel. There was one of the wide receivers that I am very, very high on. He wasn't that there was actually <laughs> available at 79, and I am talking about a guy that's going to inject premium speed right into that wide receiver room. I'm talking about Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis. Four, three, two, 40 yard dash speed. Just to remind you guys, a track athlete. Yes, he's a little small. He's five foot seven, 170 pounds, soaking wet. Um, but he has that premium speed and quickness, man. I mean, his get off is nasty. If you don't get your hands on him as a defender, good luck. I mean, his route running is clean and crisp. The wide receiver screens, the drags, the slants, and the double moves are extremely dangerous. You just get the ball in his hands and watch him work. If you don't get your hands on him, Goodbye. You're going to see him, the back of his jersey as he is on the way to the end zone. Also, for a smaller guy, he is not afraid to go over the middle as well. He showed that toughness on numerous different occasions, and he has some special teams value as well. He did some punt return and kick return. Obviously, he is very small. Um, he is a willing blocker, not very effective. Obviously, he just doesn't have a lot behind that. Um, <laughs> yeah. He can be manhandled if defenders get their hands on him and they're able to grab him. They can definitely disrupt him and because he's not that big, um, he's not really a contested catch guy. He's not the guy that's going to go up and uh, go up and get it. But that's not the best way to use him anyway. But at 79th overall, uh, I had to take him. I mean, I, I think it was an automatic thing for me because I feel like after this move, the Chargers wide receiver room is set. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for someone like that is always just the precedent for dudes that small doing it at the NFL level. Like, yeah. obviously, he has the speed. He has the yards after catch ability. But when you have that yards after the catch ability, you also have to be able to take those hits going over the middle, right? And you have to be able to hold up over the course of a very grueling NFL season. But yeah. the talent there, I understand why that's, you know, so much. You, you, it's hard to very much pass that up if that's the pick there because you're getting yak. You're getting some deep speed as well. And I think a guy who, yeah, I mean, he's not a jump ball guy or anything like that. He's still pretty damn competitive when the ball is in the air, too. One of the things I thought was pretty impressive by him. I really struggled with this pick, and I had a lot of good options to pick from. I had Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati, a guy that I thought long and hard about going with here. But there's a guy later on in the draft who I felt was a better value that I ended up going with. But at 79, I think there's one position here that really stood out to me, and it's not even the Chargers' biggest need. They already got an offensive lineman in Charles Cross. I was stuck in a you know spot here where I had a chance to take who I felt was the best value, and I ended up going with Darian Kennard from Kentucky, who is actually a right tackle, so now I've just taken two right tackles. But really, he'd be taken to be a guard, right? So in this case, now your starting offensive line looks like this. Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer at left tackle, Corey Lindsley at center, Darian Kennard at right guard, and then Charles Cross at right tackle. Filer at guard. Or Filer, yeah, Matt Filer at left guard. And then now at right guard, you're going to have Darian Kennard playing there. And there's one, just a couple of things I love about him. I know he has had a little bit of a rough offseason program at certain times because he has kind of been transitioning to play guard instead of right tackle, and he played all of his games at right tackle when he was at Kentucky. But the one thing that I thought when I was watching him at Kentucky is like, hey, if you take some of the things that he doesn't do well and you put him at guard, that's going to fix a lot of those problems because the meanness is there. I'm not worried about him moving guys in the running game. That's definitely something that he's really good at. He's agile. He moves well. 35-inch arms as well has that length that you're looking for. Started 39 straight games, so he's super durable. And, like, I just built a monster 
of an offensive line for the Chargers. Just huge dudes with a ton of talent. I thought about going a different direction here, David, but I did want to go with value, and I think it's going to make more sense after I make the rest of my picks. But I'm feeling pretty good if that's the offensive line in front of Justin Herbert right now. And I think the other thing is right here in this spot, like I would have been also okay with Dylan Parham, who gives you some guard and center flexibility. Cole Strange is another guy who's going to go right about here. You've talked about a couple of guys as well, like Jamari Salyer, who's going to probably go around this same area as well. It felt like this was a good value for that position. And I continued investing in front of Justin Herbert. But we also have to talk about, David, what would happen if I had gone like Zion Johnson, right? If I had gone Zion Johnson in the first round, I'd probably be targeting someone like a Kobe Bryant or maybe even a Leo Chanel if he had been there. I would take a chance on him. But where would you go, David, if it hadn't worked out that you got Charles Cross in the first round? What would you be trying to address here? Yeah, I mean, so if I didn't get Charles Cross in the first round, I'm probably taking Jamison Williams more than likely if he's available. Sure. So then, I mean, obviously I'm looking at addressing offensive line. I mean, it, it's very important that, that they add to that unit no, no matter how they do well, it. And the, and the he, game plan might switch to, hey, now we're putting Matt Filer at right tackle and yeah. trying to attack the interior, right, and doing it that way. Right, and and if, if you're doing it that way, I don't mind bringing in Darian Darian Kennard to play guard. But for me, I'm still looking at tackle, so I'm I'm trying to add probably Abraham Lucas. I think is the next yeah. guy that's going to be of value there. That's a very good pass protector there in the third round. Uh, I just love the value uh, at that position. Uh, I mean, he's not always available there, but I think that's another option. Uh, you know, and a very important pick after not having a second round pick. You got to get this right. I mean, this is not the the Tom Telesco, you know, throwaway third round pick that we've seen several years in the past. This one's got to be right. I mean, and I, I think, you know, if you're able to get Lucas there at 79, I think that's also a viable option. Yeah, I think if you're going with a guy that you, you're not sure is going to start right away, I love him as an option there. And I think there are other guys that you're talking about, like Sean Ryan, right, from UCLA, who could yeah. be has been kind of a trendy pick right there. It is a good spot for that next tier of offensive linemen as opposed to kind of the second round. I think they could get a good player, especially on the inside, if that's really all they're expecting from them. They could find value there and really fix some issues if they wanted to move Matt Filer over to right tackle and they're getting a Jamison Williams in the first round. You'd be very okay with that because you could come away with it with a dynamic receiver like Jamison Williams and come back with an offensive lineman that you feel like could start for you if you decide to go in that direction in the third round. And that's two big things that you're looking for in this draft class, but would leave a lot to be desired on the defensive side of things. Because so far, both of us have taken offensive players. It's time to get to the defensive side of the ball, because we know the Chargers have needs at edge three cornerback four, and also on the interior of the defensive line safety, really all over the place. It'd be really where they could go. But I found some great value. I thought in the fourth and fifth rounds for the Chargers. really the picks I'm most excited about for on today's show. And I really like what David decided to do with those picks as well. So we're going to get into that coming up after this, but I do need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course I'm talking about built bar and built bar has really changed the protein bar game because it's not only going to fit on your diet because most of the bars have under 130 calories. They're packed with 17 grams of protein while also having less than four grams of net carbs and four grams of net sugars, but they're also taste great. And you're getting great flavors when you go to built.com and look at all the flavors that they have available. You can go with some of the classics like cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, or you could even try the Built Puffs, which are actually delicious. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow in a protein bar. And you're talking about 
you know, raspberry cheesecake. And you also have, you know, brownie batter and some of the other limited time flavors that they have going on. They just have the chirp flavored puffs. But you can also get like a cinnamon churro. And if you're talking about something that's cinnamon churro flavored and it's also fitting on your diet, that's not something that usually exists in the wild. So make sure you guys try Built Bars because you can go and get the variety that you need and get something that's 100% covered in real chocolate and soft and easy to choose. So stop with the dry bland protein bars get all the flavors and get all the protein with built bar and go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 you can even save it 15 off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 off at built.com all right david what well, of all the picks these are the ones i was most excited about i'm excited that justin herbert is protected too and there's other different ways we could have gone you know could have gone corner could have gone different positions there edge rusher as well but there are some picks later on where i feel like i got better value at those positions so now we're moving to the fourth round david the chargers pick at 123 who did you decide to go with yeah i mean looking at my draft here i realized that uh all of the picks that i am making today are all on the offensive side of the ball (laughs) i am not taking a single defender here which is funny because the chargers had a top five offense last year and a bottom five defense last year but that's just the way the board fell to me so I'm looking at trying to fill my RB2 position, and I am – this is a sweet spot here. There's several different running back options that were available here, but I went with the guy that I am already comfortable with and familiar with, a bigger-bodied running back, Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. A 6'1", 230-pounder here. Also, you know, still had decent speed, 4'5", 3". He only had one year of major production, but I mean, hey, Alabama is a NFL factory that's always churning yeah. out guys. So, I mean, he had to wait for his opportunity. He just made the most of it. He shows really good patience. Um, he's an excellent pass protector, which is not a given. I <laughs> did a lot of video study on guys that uh, were not very good. Um, he had that premium production in his senior year. He really, really exploded. Um He hardly ever goes down on first contact. He's a a guy that will definitely run through you. He's a natural bruiser um, and also an excellent special teams player, according to to Nick Saban, the the head coach. So that's another plus. If you're going to be an RB2, you're going to have to show up on special teams. There's just no other way around it. Well, and a different type of running back than Austin Eckler, right? Because that's what you're looking for is you're looking for someone to compliment. This dude is not Austin Eckler. He's not the tiny, you know, overachieving dude by any means. No, not at all. This is a big, bruising type of running back, but this is the type of profile I want. I mean, this right. is the guy that can take some of those inside carries, can be you know productive on third and shorts and in, in the red zone, and also just spell Austin Eckler, a guy that can take some carries and it's not going to kill the guy. Um, he doesn't have great burst or acceleration, Daniel. I mean, this is not you know the type of player that he is. He's not the fastest running back out there, and he's not a big explosive threat. He only had three carries of 25 plus yards and 545 carries that he taken but that's fine with me if you he averaged over five yards a carry throughout his college career that is more than enough for me um and i just love the compliment to austin eckler i think this is a guy that can come in and solve that rb2 position when i think you just want to find a guy who's going to be at least somewhat productive when he gets those snaps outside yeah. of austin eckler you're not expecting him normally average like two yards a carry like their right. other backups did last season that are still on the team this year and you know you went all offense on today's show the chargers did most of their addressing defensively in free agency and obviously bringing Khalil Mack with a trade and guess what guys everyone has different picks throughout the draft that you like so if you guys disagree with any of the picks we have just put your comments in below and tell us who you would pick at 123 or 79 or at 17th 
overall. And we really want to see it because I feel like there's a lot of different ways that the Chargers should go. But I think there is a lot of places you can go offensively or defensively in day one and on day two. But now, I mean, the Chargers are looking for depth on defense for the most part, right? The top end overall talent has been improved by a ton. And I still wanted to get one position defensively that I think the backup position is maybe more important than some of the other defensive backup positions. That is cornerback. And there was one guy that stood out to me in the draft process who does come with some red flags, but I found just way too hard to pass up when I was looking for the best value in this draft class. So at 123, I picked Alabama cornerback Jalen Armour Davis, six foot, 198 pounds. A guy I talked about on the cornerback show last week, a guy that really stood out as great value when I was going through the draft network, I was like, okay, well, if I'm just going to be able to get that guy at pick 123, like I'm going to find other ways to find other positions that I need because I feel good about that value and in this situation that he's going into because he's not necessarily going to be asked to go in and start for you at corner right away, nor would you want a fourth-round pick to do that. But what he could do, though, is be great insurance for Michael Davis and great insurance for injuries like what happened to Asante Samuel Jr. last year because what this guy does bring is 4.39 speed, great closing speed. He's also good against the run. He's also good in press coverage. A lot of things that Brandon Staley likes. This is where the bad part comes in, the injury history. Redshirted his freshman year due to a knee surgery. Missed four games in 2021 due to a hip injury. It wasn't a hip injury that ended up needing surgery. He was still, still able to perform and perform well, perform well, I would say, at his pro day, right? Because that is a ridiculous amount of speed, and the Chargers have that. And Michael Davis... This would be another speed guy at that position. We know they love Tavon Campbell. This is who I think would come in and really compete for that CB4 spot. And if you needed him in a pinch this year, if you didn't have some injuries, I think he has the raw ability to be able to go in there and keep the defensive flow and not have to take a huge step back. I really liked what I saw from this guy. There are some raw parts of his game. But for me to get Jalen Armour Davis at the fourth round, I just think even with the injury history, even with some of the concerns like bad agility grades, only started one season, and he's a little bit of an older player, I think the upside there is obvious. And I think you get a guy who could come in and contribute for you, you know, sooner rather than later. But we do have another pick to get into here, David, because we have the fifth round pick for the Chargers, pick 160. So, so far I went offensive tackle, backed it up with an offensive guard and completed the you know, all of the Chargers offensive line that I've wanted forever. And then I ended up going with the cornerback. You've ended up going all offense. You went running back, wide receiver, and offensive tackle to this point. Who did you end up going with at 160? Yeah, so at 160 here, I am looking at adding some quality depth and some versatility to the middle of the offensive line. I still think that's a unit that needs to add multiple bodies to it. So that led me to Chris Owens out of Alabama here. A very versatile player. Um, he played center in the, in the Rose Bowl, the 2020 Rose Bowl against Notre Dame. He played right tackle in, here in 2021, also played some guards. So he has some some definite position flex. He's very effective. Um, you don't hear that often, right tackle and playing center. That, that doesn't happen very often. I know, sure. man. That's yeah. why it was really attractive for me. Obviously, you know, you don't want to see anything happen to Corey Lindsley, but you know, they got to have somebody that can come in. You don't have a, a backup center right, right now. You don't right? Have a I mean, you only have one guard. You have Brendan Hymas right now outside of Matt Filer, who could be the Chargers' right tackle. So I don't hate that at all. Yeah, that's why I love the fact that this guy can come in and play several different positions and, you know, actually did it in college here. A very effective blocker in the running game. This guy has that nastiness, that mean streak that you're looking for. Really good functional strength. 
he does struggle with, you know, the twitchier athletes um, and he needs to improve his striking accuracy. A lot of the times he's kind of hitting around the shoulder pads, which, you know, that's going to cause some flags at the next level. And the biggest knock on him is the hand technique. He really needs to improve that. But I think a lot of the things that he struggles with are, will get mitigated with a move to guard, which I think is really where he is best suited as far as the profile is concerned, the way he plays. Um, I think at guard, he can really come in and be a very productive, very versatile piece to this Chargers offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice if you do have a backup. I mean, for you, like, there's still an open position at right guard, right? So maybe he competes with Brendan Hymas for that right guard spot, two guys trying to transition. But you've also learned, too, you know, even with Darren Kennard, like, it's not always a seamless transition from tackle to guard. And we know last year that, you know, Brendan Hymas wasn't ready to go in when when the other guys in front of him got hurt. Not everyone goes the same, right? The development happens at different levels. But right. at the same time, I mean, it's hard to ever blame anyone for trying to address the offensive line that's protecting Justin Herbert, the prodigal son. So I don't hate that pick at all for you, David. I ended up going with one of my draft crushes with this pick and where I ended up finding value at wide receiver, and it was in round five, and it was Bo Melton, the guy I talked about last week, a wide receiver from Rutgers. Just under six foot, about 190 pounds, runs a 4-3-4-40, kind of in the same mold as what you were talking about, trying to fill a guy who can hit those deep spots of the field, but also bring you some yards after the catch ability, a 9.24 RAS score. He can make people miss in the open field, and he has that speed that we just talked about, David. He can beat you deep. He can also beat you with the ball in his hands, and I think this dude's just getting slept on, the fact that I was able to get him in round five. I loved it, and I loved the value I could get there, especially also feeling a need at the same time. This is a dude who spent time in, you know, going through the process, going and picking colleges and ended up just picking a place that was near and dear to him Rutgers when he had far bigger offers. And I think he's just kind of flown under the radar during this whole process. I mean, there are some red flags. He's not the biggest built guy, right, at all. He has some drops. He's a decent route runner, not a great route runner by any means. But at the same time, like, you don't need all of those things. You're just looking for traits at a certain point. And when I'm getting these traits in this round later on in the draft, while also addressing the offensive line and getting that partially fixed, right, or hopefully fixed, getting some help at cornerback, and then coming back and getting a receiver like Bo Melton, who's going to fill in a lot of those things that you're missing in that room, and having his contract at the same time as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. When you have two guys who are expensive like that, now you're completing it. Now you have a guy in Josh Palmer who's, going to be a great backup for Mike Williams or Keenan Allen if they get injured and you're bringing in the speed that you need to hit the deep part of the field but a guy who's not only known as a deep threat so that's all you have to guard against I love it I mean I I love the vision for what you're looking for and the value there with Bo Belton I mean that's exactly what we're trying to do here with with this draft and I I think going into tomorrow for me uh, because I went all offense Daniel I mean Mm -hmm. The, the focus obviously has to shift to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got to add some guys that are, are going to help add some positional value and also some depth. The Chargers really need to improve the quality of their depth, which will in turn improve their special teams unit because these guys on defense that are going to be providing that depth are going to have to show up on special teams as well. And I, I think, you know, those people that are uh, are angry that I did not take any defenders will be happy with what I do tomorrow. 
Yeah, and of course, I mean, we're going with the best value we can get at these spots, and we're doing a seven-round mock, which is always throwing, you know, darts at a dartboard, just because you have no idea right. who's going to be in there in the seventh round. So that's why we're going off of what the Mock Draft Network has, and we're taking advantage of some of the things that they're definitely sleeping on by getting some great value, especially in these later picks. So yeah, tomorrow, I'm looking for edge three, right? I'm looking for a guy who can come in and contribute at edge rushers, and there's a guy I like. I'm looking for RB2. And there's a couple other positions I feel really good about as well, including a late safety I feel like is getting super, super slept on. And I think a position that really is a need that is slept on by a lot of Chargers fans as well, because I think the Chargers do need to add to safety. And I think this year they can add one late that could contribute early on in his career. So I'm excited to get into rounds six and seven for you guys. We have six more prospects we're going to get into, six more picks before the Chargers end up doing the real thing on Thursday on tomorrow's show. So make sure to find part two on YouTube tomorrow by subscribing to our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. You can also find the new podcast wherever you get your podcast from for free on all platforms. So make sure you guys are following or subscribing there so you guys don't miss it. Part two of the Chargers seven-round mock draft coming tomorrow. Rounds six and seven, six more picks for you guys on tomorrow's show. And to make sure you guys don't miss it, you can also follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. We post the show and retweet it every day on our accounts. And you can also find our show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. And go on the Draft Network and do a seven-round mock draft and show us who you get, okay? If you want to say anything, show us who you get. We love always seeing those things as well. But we had a lot of fun doing this and stress out about who we were going to pick as well. So we definitely understand that. But you guys can also call into the show if you want to at 323-524-7924 to Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. If you want to talk about our mock drafts, you can definitely hit us up on there. Or you can find us on our new at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. But, David, that was a good start. I really like the direction these mock drafts are going. But it only matters if you finish it well. So on tomorrow's show, we'll be filling in the cracks with part two of our seven-round Chargers mock. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.